up on today's show, of course, you know that things have escalated in Russia. Bill C-11 continues to make its way through the process. That's the bill to try and regulate broadcasting on the internet in our country. And the one, the only, the great Randy Bachman joins us today. He's bringing Vinyl Tap to Chorus Radio. We'll find out all about it. Uh, right now, though, we're going to switch gears to what's going on in Eastern Europe. Um... Apparently, the the White House is saying that uh, Russian troop deployments in eastern Ukraine, the peacekeeping troops, as Vladimir Putin uh, said yesterday, uh, the White House is now calling it an invasion. They were they they were a little reluctant to call come out and say this is an invasion yesterday, but now they're all in, uh, which means that opens the door to uh, the crippling sanctions that we've heard. UK have already brought some in. Uh, it all came to a head yesterday in a in a, in a strange rambling. I don't know what you want to call it, speech, um, media availability from Russian President Vladimir Putin and some of his ministers, and ultimately it came to uh, a head with him recognizing two um, regions of Ukraine as independent. I mean, it, it, and it's, it's, it's the escalation we all thought was coming now. What comes next? So to get some insight, we're going to chat now with Andrew Rasoulis, who is the uh, fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. We've talked to him about Russia before, and we appreciate the insight. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Shay. Glad to be back on your show. It's uh, difficult times, but uh, there we are. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess from what I'm seeing, and, and you know, with the now they're calling it an invasion, it looks like uh, the Western world saying, okay, Putin's, you know, he's decided on war. He basically ruled out negotiation yesterday and took the step, you know, with the recognizing the two regions and then sending in troops that, you know, he, he decided on war, correct? Would that be fair? It's closer to war. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's, let's really split that one. Um, he has taken the Minsk process off the table. Yeah. The Minsk process was the 2015, we've talked about that before, to reintegrate those two republics into Ukraine proper. That's off the table. He's basically said, okay, that's, they're independent. They're, they could actually join Russia. It's, it's ours now. So Ukraine, you've lost it. Like you've lost Crimea before, you've lost it now. No more negotiation on that. So he's tight. He's ratcheted up the military option, reduced the diplomatic options. The big question now is, from the Russian perspective, what is going? What are they going to do? And I think they're still waiting, uh, with some hope, perhaps, or maybe this is dissipating over the day, whether or not uh, the um, uh, Biden and Putin would eventually meet, as Macron had reported yeah. on Sunday before all this happened. Um, but but this morning, and so this is a moving target. This morning, early in the morning, uh, the Russian uh, spokeswoman for the their foreign ministry indicated that the Russians still held open the option of diplomacy, and that they were expecting uh, their foreign minister Lavrov to meet uh, the Secretary of State Blinken in Geneva on Thursday. They would in turn then set up uh, the Putin Biden summit. Now, I haven't heard anything further to that from the American side. And, you know, they're, they're talking about declaring this an invasion, mm -hmm. but there's been no shooting. Okay, because they, what they have done is they've moved the Russian forces now are moving into previously held territory by the Ukrainian rebels with Russian support. So there's been no exchange of fighting between Russian forces and Ukrainian forces. So it's not the kind of invasion we would think if they had moved in the southern part uh, towards create a land bridge from Crimea or in the north from Belarus, threatened uh, Kiev, 
that has not yet happened. It can happen. They have the forces to do that. But they're, I believe, waiting now to see what the Western reaction will be. So we're kind of in a pause. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, sanctions are starting to kick in. But even the West has been sort of wondering what kind of sanctions do they, do they apply? Do they apply local ones like they did last night? They were already talking about local sanctions for companies dealing in those republics. So that's off the table, but that wasn't very much anyway. So that's kind of symbolic. The Germans then led off later this morning with a, with a, a, a very important sanction. Yeah, the pipeline. Yeah, pipeline. So they, they canceled the certification of it. It hadn't, never, hadn't been working yet, but there was a certification process taking place. They've canceled that. Uh, the British have, have imposed uh, sanctions on Russian banks, or three of them, I believe, operating in London, plus on a number of, seized the assets of a number of oligarchs who are supporters of Putin. So these are strong measures that are now beyond the Luhansk thing uh, or the Donbass issue. How far will they go now? This is anyone's game, and I believe the Russians are waiting to see what happens. But uh, diplomacy still has a sliver of hope. And don't forget, when even if fighting starts, and that, that could happen, diplomacy doesn't really end because war is about politics, and diplomacy is always there. It simply takes a back seat while the soldiers engage in combat, maneuver their forces, press the uh, opponent, and then diplomacy kicks back into trying to come up with a peace agreement because it always has to end in some kind of agreement at the end of the day. Yeah, eventually. So, yeah. So that's where we are today. We don't know. Uh, there's there's so many moving balls in the air. Uh, we're, I believe we're waiting to see what the Western reaction will be, and then Putin will make his counter moves. Do you really think Putin is interested in diplomacy? I mean, I, I don't know if he wants to take it to an all-out war, but it certainly seems to me as a guy who doesn't have near the amount of knowledge as you do. Um, but you take a look at the way this all played out over the course of the weekend with, you know, propaganda and accusations that the Ukraine is developing nuclear weapons and this is just a conspiracy of the West to keep Russia under the heel. I mean, it's the same thing we've seen before. It's the same playbook. Uh, push, 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 right? And uh, is anything different this time around? Well, what is different is that the Russians and Putin, they've lost uh, patience. Um, that's okay. why Minsk is gone. So that's a major shift. Uh, the question then becomes, on, because, and don't forget, the, the primary mission of Putin here has been to rebuild Russia as a great power. Yes. And a, sub a key subcomponent, existential component to that is Ukraine being, if not formally part of Russia, then a very closely aligned state uh, to Russia at at best, if you will, neutral, uh, but certainly non-aligned, not part of NATO. That's definitely not on the table for Putin. He will never accept that. And if that is pushed, he, in my opinion, would be prepared to wage war to prevent that. So what are you watching now? I mean, is this is it all about troops? We see the troops now in um, Donbass uh, moved in yesterday. Uh, is it sort of what's the next step from Russia or is the next step fall now to the West? I believe the next step falls to the West. Okay. I think uh, Putin, he's, he's now made this thing. He's going to consolidate the Russian positions in, in the two republics. They are prepared to move further should it be necessary. Uh, but I believe he's going to see what the West reacts. And if, they, if there is a chance to achieve a neutral Ukraine without a war, he'll take that. Now, the other question is what the Ukrainians are going to do. Yeah. And, and there's the issue, will they move to a, a, a neutral option, which they have resisted? Uh, the Ukrainian nationalists have, um, have abhorrence to that concept. But Zelensky, when he first came into office, had toyed with the idea and then moved away when the nationalists put pressure on him. 
under the current circumstances where he is facing a real full-on war, that issue of deter of, of neutrality versus pushing to join NATO when they know they don't have consensus to be accepted into NATO. So it's just a point of principle, yeah. but it's not really going to happen. Is that worth a war? This is the question that Zelensky now has to face and Ukrainians have to face. And it all happens fairly quickly is my take, right? I mean, it's not like this will drag yeah. out much longer one way or the other. This will all move fairly quickly this week. Reasonably, yeah, this week is, is critical because, they, I mean, the Russians can't really sustain. They've right. got, you know, the, the very number, 150 to 180,000 troops uh, standing by uh, in, in, your, in war footing. Uh, that cannot be sustained indefinitely. And the Russians have repeated that, you know, this has to be wrapped up one way or the other. So we're talking a week, two weeks. I mean, I think by the time March rolls around, we'll know. Interesting. Andrew, thank you so much for your insight. Always appreciate it. You're very welcome, Shay. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is Andrew Rasoulis, who is a fellow with the Canadian Global Affairs Institutes. All right, let's get a quick update here on a story that we've talked about a few times over the past several months, and uh, that is Bill C-11, or C-10. It depends. You call it what you want. It was C-10, now it's C-11. Basically what it is is the federal government's efforts to try and regulate Canadian content on the Internet. And you remember the fuss that started with that and uh, how it started with regulating your social media feeds and would that be something that you have to deal with? Is that going to be a problem? Well, that was apparently dealt with and the bill was rewritten and C-10 went away and now we've got a new version, which is C-11. And the government continues. It Basically, they're trying to reformulate any plans they had to regulate the internet streaming services. Like it or not, they are part of Canada's broadcasting landscape and they say they should be included in legislation and regulation. If you think about it, it makes good sense. They're definitely broadcasters in Canada, but... Uh, The way it operates now, they aren't subject to any of the rules or regulations that conventional broadcasters are. They're free and clear to do what they want to do. And some of them, I mean, if you think about it, are much bigger than any conventional broadcast outlets anymore. You think, you know, places like Netflix, um, Amazon, you know, some of the social media platforms, TikTok. I mean, they're massive, massive. The reach and and the content that they churn out really and truly is... um, Huge. So the big concern around all of this discussion, though, is free expression. Um, There are opponents who say that it could be read in a way that it would grant Canada's telecom and broadcast regulator, the old CRTC, we all know the CRTC, the power to regulate the content of individual expression, something that, you know, a lot of people were really, really concerned about and, and didn't want to see happen. The discussion was, okay, if you want to talk about regulating Canadian content on the internet with some of these big providers, fine. But uh, for some reason, cat videos became a discussion, right? You know, and that was what the minister said. No, don't worry about it. Your your cat videos aren't going to be subject to uh, interpretation. All right, let's get back to this discussion on Bill C-11. As I said, it's the federal government's ongoing effort to try and regulate internet streaming services under the broadcasting rules and, you know, Canadian content, all the rest. It's big. And it touched off a lot of concern about freedom of expression and all the rest of these things. Does the government have it right with this new formulation of Bill C-11? We're going to have a discussion about that with our next guest, who is Conrad von Fickenstein, who is a senior fellow at the C.D. Howe Institute, former chair of the CRTC. Uh, Conrad, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. 
You're welcome. So uh, we're into this latest version of this legislation. First of all, uh, we should say you, you wrote out a, a piece recently uh, with your thoughts, uh, a letter to Pablo Rodriguez, who is the minister responsible for Bill C-11. Um, and in that letter, you sort of say, okay, we've got this, but there are ways to make it better. And you point out two ways. First and foremost, and I think a lot of people agree, you think it's just too broad, right? It's just, it'll encompass too much of the landscape. Yeah, they have taken the approach in this bill to say anybody who broadcasts either video or, or voice can be has to be registered, and we will then decide which one of you should uh, be impo- uh, should follow certain conditions and which one we exempt. So basically, the universe, everybody, you're all considered broadcasters, and we, the CRTC, will then have the power to decide whether you should be regulated or not and to what extent. I have no idea why they took this approach. Why they, I, their stated objection is to bring the streamers into the broadcasting system. So why not amend the bill so that it includes streamers? Right now it only includes people who broadcast over the air or by PEP cable. Yeah. And so, obviously, you want to bring in Internet broadcasters, understandably, and they should be, carry the same burden as other broadcasters. But why you do it by bringing the whole world and then backing people out, I don't understand. It would be a huge process, would be very difficult, and God knows on what basis they would do it. I say let's focus on the people who, who are streamers. Who are, and what, who are the streamers? People who are really in competition with existing broadcasters who charge a fee or give it to you for free, but with embedded advertising, and you want to go after the big boys. You know, you don't want to go the little right. small ones. They, they may be bringing new innovative ways to put You don't want to stop them. So I, th- I thought you'd have a flaw of about 400,000. We have in Canada two streamers right now, Illico and uh, Netscape, and Illico and Crave TV, who are way above that too, so they would be caught, and certainly you would call, catch Netflix, Netflix and yeah. Prime in all of those. The one problem, of course, would be uh, a YouTube, which does have its own thing, which you have to pay for, but they also upload user-generated content. And you don't want to catch that. You don't want to interfere with what people want to put on the YouTube and whatnot. And there's an exception built in. It's a very complicated one. They build it in, but it actually works. And so you can deal with YouTube and make sure that you touch that, catch that part of YouTube for which they charge. And that part, which is free and is user-generated content, you don't touch. I mean, the, the government says, though, they've come out and they said, we're only going to be looking at commercial social media. Where, you know, if you're putting out something in a commercial capacity, and, you know, the, the, the minister, his famous line, don't worry about your cat videos, we don't care. We're not going to worry about that. <coughs> yeah, but first of all, the, he says that it isn't in the legislation. The legislation says the CRTC can, regi- uh, can require everybody to register and then will exempt those where they feel that uh, catching them is, uh, <coughs> what's this, sorry. if it's not, uh, would not contribute in a material manner to the implementation of the broadcasting policy. Those are very, very vague words. 
Mm-hmm. Why do you want to include? And as I say, if you actually do this, you will have to have a hearing. People will come forward. They will argue special cases, etc., etc. Then when you make a ruling, it will be contested. It will be appealed. It, it, it will be, probably be appealed to cabinet. It will go to the court. It will take years. I mean, they, they, these people are here right now. We want to make sure that they are captured by the system and they contribute their fair share. Why engage in a process which will take years and will require something that the CRTC, which I ran, so I know doesn't have the capacity to deal with at all at this point in time. So you have to build up the CRTC, hire people, etc. And for what? If, if after all it's only streamers you are concerned with, let's go after the streamers. How do we do that, though? That's the question that I always ask here, because you know what I mean? I've been in broadcasting for 30 years, and I know the rules that we have to play by with content and all the rest of that stuff, and it, it does burn a lot of people in our business that the Internet providers do whatever they want to do. They're not subject to the rules and regulations. How do you bring that? I mean, is not that the whole point of the Internet? You can't regulate it, can you? Well, yes, you can say. If you are, if you are broadcasting over the Internet in Canada, these are the the rules, I mean, first of all, you meet the threshold, which I suggested. You're doing it commercially. You're there, you're competing with broadcasters, and you're over 400,000. Then you have to do A, B, C, D. You have to pay a fee for doing it. You have to make contributions to the Canadian Media Fund for, for, for production. And presumably, you have to give certain information to the CRTC so they know who you are, what you do, etc., and uh, they can verify you. The, uh, your contribution to the broadcasting system. It can easily be done. Hmm. So why don't we do it? And what is the whole... Because we've been talking about this bill in particular, and long before this bill, but this bill in particular for, for a couple of years now. Yeah, well, it got somehow got caught up in politics. You remember at one point in time, Harper said, I won't, uh, won't tax Netflix. Yeah. And then the Liberals picked it up and said there will be no Netflix legislation. Well, this is Netflix legislation. They just now changed the label and they say we're going after streamers, but that's really what they say. It's the same thing. Except there are another streamers beside Netflix now. They weren't there when Harper was talking. But it can be done and it should be done. I just do not understand for the life of me why they went this complicated way and basically saying that anything that's under the Internet, but in terms of voice and video, is in, first of all. Then we take, let the CRTC decide what to back out. Well, first of all, it's a government decision. It shouldn't be given to a delegated to an appointed body. And then secondly, why? Why are we doing this so complicated? You, you, you stated the goal that you wanted. You wanted to make sure the screamers co- contribute. There's a much easier way to do it. And that's what I outlined in the memo that you quoted. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're not the only one. You know, uh, nope. there's, there's a lot of people who have actually worked with our regulatory body in this country, as you did, the CRTC, that's saying the overreach and the powers that are being given to the government are just, are just too much. They're, they're, they're more than are needed. You know, and especially you get in this whole area of freedom of speech, user-generated contracts, surveillance, etc. Why? You're, kept, uh, you're causing very big uh, questions and, <clears throat> and, and issues that don't need to be raised. Nobody is interested in what people post on uh, their cat yeah. videos, etc. So why do you include them? Why do you need to have that discussion even opened? Yeah. Uh, Conrad, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank okay. you, sir. That is... 
Conrad von Fickenstein, who is the senior fellow at the C.D. Howe Institute, formerly the chair of the CRTC, and he's not the the only one. Um, there's, you know, there's some concern about, I think when you take a look at it, and, and like so many things in politics, it starts with, you know, okay, we want to level the playing field. And that's the talk that you'll hear from broadcasters all the time is, hey, listen, we've got all of these rules that we have to play by. We've got all these things that we need to do. Um, you know, that's part of having a license in Canada and the CRTC reviews it regularly. And, you know, there's Canadian content and there's a certain amount of local, pro- I mean, you know the list. I mean, it's been that way from day one. And then you've got these internet companies that just roll in here and broadcast in Canada and they don't do any of these things. Literally none of these things, right? They're not subject to any of these sorts of rules. So, okay, you can get on board with that and say, listen, yeah, sure. If, if you're going to broadcast and you're a corporate entity that's broadcasting in Canada, you can be subject to the corporate entities too. But then, as we heard from our guests, it expands out and it gets into another area of, well, yeah, okay, what about, you know, your cat videos, as the minister constantly says. And he says, no, 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 we, we don't care about your cat videos. That's not part of our discussion. Um, but uh, write it that way, you know, make it crystal clear. BTO, ain't seen nothing yet. One of so many hits. I mean, so many hits. It really is remarkable. I was thinking about this, and if you wanted to put it together, okay, the Mount Rushmore of Canadian rock and roll. Randy Bachman is front and center. He's the guy. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody else in our country that comes close. We got some good young pop singers out there right now that are making a lot of noise and doing really well, but they still got a ways to go to catch up with the godfather of Canadian rock and roll. And it extends well beyond our borders and around the world. As you know, there was a time when this was the biggest selling act on the planet the guess who? I mean, just as big as it gets. Thrilled that we have a chance to chat with the great Randy Bachman today. Randy, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Hi, happy to join you and be on the air uh, in Edmonton and coming to Calgary and on the Course Radio Network. It's going to be great. The tap is back. Yeah, it is. It's so cool. Uh, you found a new home. It's going to kick off March sixth uh, on Chorus FM Rock Stations. Um, you know, when we when we talk about this this show, I mean, you've you've reached the pinnacle of rock and roll. Now you've reached the pinnacle of broadcasters. When a show goes away and the public demand and outcry is so strong that you come back somewhere else. I mean, people love this show, Randy. Thank you very much. I've got <clears throat> excuse me. I've got to say I love it too because I get to tell stories of things that have happened. I mean, I left home when I was like eighteen. Went on the road with the Guess Who, and then BTO. Then I produced Trooper, and so I played on so many. When you're doing 200 gigs a year, and it goes on for uh, four decades, you meet a lot of people, and 
I'm fans of everybody I played with. You know, I'm I'm buddies with Neil Young and Jimmy Page and, and the Beach Boys and people like that because you're playing shows and you're hanging out in the dressing room, and you get to tell stories about them that nobody knows that aren't printed anywhere because they're your own stories. So it's like. I'm taking time travel back through when I'm playing records and you're sitting next to me on the bus or the airplane or you're backstage and you're seeing stuff going on in conversations that nobody really knows. And, and I love doing the show and sitting there with the guitar and it's just like I'm in your living room or in your backyard barbecue and you tell me, you ask me to tell you a story of when I met so-and-so or how, why did I write a song. And for me, it's a natural thing and it's so glad to be back and I've got to thank literally the tens of thousands of fans that sent me emails and sent everywhere and to Chorus Radio for contacting me and bringing it back. It's going to be great on Sunday nights. It's just it's perfect timing. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And the thing about it, Randy, like you say, I mean, these stories and, I mean, going back to the 1960s, I mean, it's almost 60 years of stories that you're bringing to bear here, plus the music you weave, and it's just so relaxed and it's just it's just this whole thing is it going to be the same show are you going to change anything or are people going to know what's coming they're going to know what's coming but i was advised that my audience has come down in age because the cbc audience was like i was getting emails from people in their 80s and 90s who were in <laughs> old folks homes saying can you play more patty page and can you play more hits from the 40s from when we were teenagers it's dropped down to to what I love, the classic rock guys from maybe 18, 19, early 20s into their mid-60s who love rock. And that's what courses. It's like active, old and new classic rock. And I get to play because each show has a theme. It might be driving songs. It might be flying songs. It might be girls' names. It might be power trios. I get to play music from 60s, 70s, 80s and tie it all together because... When I first met so-and-so, it was 1968, and I met him again in 74, and I met him again last year. It also tells the story of my lost Gretsch guitar yeah. that I bought in Winnipeg that was stolen. And I, on that guitar, I, I wrote and played. These eyes laughing, undone, no sugar, no time, American woman, let it ride, taking care of business, hey you, looking out for number one. And then it was stolen, <laughs> and my magic was gone. Now, And then I get a phone, I get an email only two, uh, a year and a half ago, saying, I found your Gretsch, it's in Japan, a guy named Takeshi has it, and he sends me a video of Takeshi playing Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, this was two <laughs> Christmases ago, and the guy's playing my guitar, and he compares it to my video that's on YouTube of BTO doing Looking Out for Number One, and it's my guitar. And I can't speak to this guy, he's Japanese, he sings phonetically. <laughs> Luckily, my daughter-in-law, uh, Eriko, is Japanese. So she contacted him and his manager. We did a Zoom where she translated. He brought my guitar out. I was in tears. And he said, I'm an honorable man. I did not steal this. I thought, I know you weren't even born. But it was <laughs> stolen. It was stolen in 1976. And this guy was born in 78. But he said, I feel I was born to look after your guitar. I felt that when I went to the store, there were six or seven Gretsch guitars. And this one spoke to me. And it told me it was special. And it was in... People's houses and hearts and minds all over the world. I mean, get, I'm getting pretty clever here. <laughs> uh, and it was really a touching guitar, so I've been looking after it for you, and I will give it back to you. And I went, wow. And then he said the universal word, but. So but is like the F word. It translates <laughs> into every angle of language. Even though he's speaking Japanese, he says but. And so Erico says, to him, what's the but? He says, I do not want a new Gretsch. I want one the same. I want its twin. 
You must find me in 1957. Oh, man. Gretsch 6120 with the Armin <laughs> pickup that has no mods and no repairs. It must be just like new. And I say, okay, which I think is high. It says yes in Japanese. High. <laughs> and then I call all these guys I've collected because I was trying to buy my Gretsch. I bought over 300 Gretsches in, in 30 years trying to find mine because there was no internet. I couldn't see a picture, so I would buy it. It would come to me. I didn't have the heart to send it back. I sold it all to Fred Gretsch, and that's now the Gretsch Museum in Savannah, Georgia. And it was in Nashville for two years on display. So I called this guy in Loveland, Ohio, Gary's Vintage Guitars, and he's got one, and it's a sister, it's, it's three serial numbers off. So I buy it from him, I show it to the key, she said, that's the sister and I will trade that. So I have a guitar brother I can't even speak to, and now I went and bought its twin, its sister, and I'm gonna go to Japan in May, and play taking care of business with him, and trade guitars. This is being filmed for a Netflix documentary called Lost and Found the Magic Guitar, because I wrote and played all my hits on it. I'm good. Oh, so, so you are going to document this journey to get the guitar back? Yeah, because we, Tal and I were doing YouTube since we shut down yeah, for yeah. two years. We got these Friday Night YouTubes with, the, with different guitars on it, but it's been documenting, and then we, we, we documented the whole thing. So we got somebody in Hollywood who only talked to this week, and the whole thing, we've got documentation. We've been playing this guitar on CBC television with the Guess Who, playing it on BTO videos. I mean, I played it everywhere until it was stolen. So this whole thing will be on Netflix, and the closing song of the closing credits will be written and played on when I get it back. It'll be the end of the documentary. I'll play the song called Lost and Found, how I worked night and day to save my pay to buy my first guitar, <laughs> and then how it came back to me in the end. So my life's become a reality show that's going to be kind of on vinyl tap on the radio as it goes on, and then on this Netflix documentary. And Tal and I did a new album in the middle of the whole thing. And so it's kind of a wonderful thing that happened to me during the shutdown, besides getting COVID, you know what I mean? I, I went through the whole thing. So it's been a, a, quite an unusual couple of years. Randy, I need to, I mean, why do you do this? It's, I mean, clearly you love it. Is that it? I mean, you don't, you've done it all, man. There's nothing left to prove. I mean, we all know your bona fides are intact. Is it just because you love it? You love talking about the music? You love sharing the stories? You love, I mean, it's just, it's who you are, right? Well, I started the new radio show telling people who I am because a lot of people don't really know my history. And I started the show saying the three most important days of your life and of my life are the day you were born, the day you realize why you were born. It's either to be a painter or shoot hoops or be a baseball player or play music. And today, because I'm here today, and it's a very important day. <laughs> and I knew I was born to play music when I was four or five. I started playing violin. And I played classical violin until I was 14, until I saw Elvis on TV and said, what is that? Yeah. And they said, oh, that's a guitar that's called rock and roll. I said, I want to do that because it was wild. And classical violin is very unwild. You've got to stand a certain way. Your bow goes up and down a certain way. You have to play these notes that some guy wrote hundreds of years ago. And in rock and roll, you play anything you want. And people love it because it's wild and crazy. So I, I started doing that. And two years later... The band I was in recorded a song called Shake It All Over. They changed their name to the Guess Who, and here I am today. I, I get up every day and do what I love, and even though I couldn't play music for the last couple of years on stage, I get to do it on YouTube, and I get to do Randy's Vinyl Tap on the radio, and I'm sitting there with a the guitar telling stories. I'm a happy guy. This is really great. Hey, just before I let you get out of here, I, I was just, you know, 
just off the top talking about the, you know the Mount Rushmore of Canadian musicians and rock and rollers. You know, and we had a moment. There's no doubt back with Guess Who and BTO and Neil Young, and there were some other acts around there. And then you know we've always had some good solid acts. Do you think? What do you think about the state of Canadian music right now? It's not it's not necessarily rock and roll, but we got some heavy hitters out there right now, Randy. We have some monsters that I envy these guys, like Weekend and Drake. Yeah, and, Bieber. Um, my buddy Justin Bieber and my my rock and roll buddies Max and uh, the tr- the uh, what are they called the Trues? The no, Trues, yeah, 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 yeah. I love those guys. There's a couple of shows of them. And Neil Young tribute with Max and the guys, and we did Hurricane, a couple of Neil Young songs. And you no, know, Canadian music is always. You know, I've traveled around the world, and when you're in Sweden or Germany or France, and you see a, a whole block. That used to be like we have the Hudson's Bay or Eaton's. The whole block is upper store. But when you go downstairs, it's one gigantic record store. And it's divided into countries. And in the back said Canada. I walked into it. There's a big map of Canada from Peggy's Peggy Cove to Tofino. <laughs> and circled in gold is Saskatoon, Joni Mitchell. Do you know what I mean? Do you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Joni Mitchell, uh, Widenmouth Mason, Winnipeg is circled, Neil Young, Randy Backman, Burton Cummings, the Guess Who, BTO, Crash Test Dummies, on Toronto is circled, or really a circle, Gordon Lightfoot. All these circles there, and they love Canadian music. And do you know why? Our cities are so far apart that every band is different yeah. than each other. And every band has different ethnicities around Edmonton and Calgary are the Ukrainian people that came. Around other cities are the British people. And with it came the family's traditional music. So when you're growing up as a kid and there's family parties and you're at weddings and bar mitzvahs or whatever you're at, you're getting that music. Plus you're getting rock and roll and you make your own music and it's all very different. Whereas in the States, when one boy band came out, I couldn't tell the difference between InSync and Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees and 54 Degrees or Boys to Men. I couldn't tell the difference. Even now with girl bands, <laughs> with rap bands, you can't tell the difference. When a Canadian band comes on, you know it's Brian. You know it's the Dummies. You know it's the... You know what I mean? You know yeah, it's yeah. Drake. Uh, we all got our identity. And Canadian music, it, basically, I mean, more people have watched much music on television than they used to watch MTV in the States because Canadian music was so diverse. So I have great hopes for Canadian music. And uh, I love every Canadian band. I know them all. I do shows with them all the time. I'm coming on the road in April. In fact, I'm playing Canmore in May, doing my Every Song Tells a Story thing, I think which is very close to Edmonton. Yeah, Canmore, closer to Calgary, but you, you've got, you're going to be all over the place. Randy, I'm out of time. Uh, I can't wait for the show. I can't wait for you to come back to town. Um, best of luck, and, and thanks for joining the Chorus family. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, and thanks to all the tap heads out there. Every <laughs> Sunday night, 9 o'clock, I'm going to be back with the Rock and Roll Time Machine. Join me. Excellent. Randy thank Backman, thank you so much, sir. Thank Best you, of luck bye. with the new show. Thank you. Well, the old show. Appreciate it. Randy Backman, BTO, guess who, uh, you name it, list goes on and on and on and on. And uh, as you heard, Vinyl Tap coming to Chorus Radio March 6th. If you're listening in Calgary, it'll be on Q107 on Sunday nights. In Edmonton, it'll be on 92.5 The Chuck. Uh, and we couldn't be more happy about welcoming uh, Randy Backman to the Chorus family. It's going to be so cool. Thanks for listening today. To hear any of our other interviews, you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us.